Now, I do have the notes. This morning, I want to talk to you about something that... Oh, Children's Church. What? Do we have to dismiss? Kids, you better go to Children's Church. So, I mean, unless you want to hear the sermon, but go ahead. Thank you. I got distracted with all the other things. I, I was reading in the Word this, this week in my personal time, and in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, it talks about putting on the full armor of God. It talks about taking your stand against the enemy. And one of the things that really impressed me was Ephesians 6.18. It says, it says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Uh, and so, so we have this. It says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And so uh, I want to help us this morning. I want to I reiterate to us that we must be uh, persistent and we must prevail in prayer. As believers, our, one of our greatest weapons against the enemy is prayer. Amen? Come on, sometimes I know you might get tired of hearing about prayer, but prayer is one of the greatest weapons that a, that a believer has. And so I want us this morning to believe and persist. I'm going to go, uh, I've got 45 minutes, awesome, so I've got a two-hour sermon. I'm going to shrink in. Um, just kidding. But also it says in Matthew 7, uh, 7 and 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. And so this morning, a lot of times we get, we get, um, we, we are a microwave generation and God is a crockpot God sometimes, meaning that he has things that are better for you. I don't know about you, but I like crockpot food over microwave food. I like things that take a little bit longer because it just tastes better. It, it, it just comes better. And God sometimes, he's waiting on the church because we are so hyper. We want everything now. We pray, God, in Jesus' name, I'm a Pentecostal. I'll do my little dance. I'll speak in tongues. And God, you, you better answer me because I'm, I'm telling you in Jesus' name. And God says, you don't tell me what to do. I'm God. And my time is different. And yes, I want you to pray. I want you to persist and prevail in prayer. But a lot of times we forget that there's an enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and authorities in high places. And so God says we must learn to prevail in prayer. Some of you can prevail. You can run miles. You can, you can sit in front of a computer screen all day long. You can, you can drive for hours and hours and hours. But a lot of times we give up on prayer. We don't know how to pray very long. We give up on days of prayer, weeks of prayer, months of prayer, a lifetime of prayer. And God is calling the church back to being a prayer place because Jesus said, my house should be called the house of prayer. I want to challenge you, church. I, this, is, this is the day and age. And I don't know how many times I have to tell you, I don't know how many times you have to watch the news, seeing another shooting at a high school, another shooting at a college campus. We have to prevail in prayer, church. It's not gun control, it's Satan control. And when the church gets serious and we begin to prevail in prayer, the less of that stuff we will see. As you can tell, our government cannot control it. The media can't control it. It's the church's job to get on our knees and prevail in prayer so this violent spirit will stop. I'm reminded this morning, and I, I saw on Facebook I, uh, that there are believers in, in Iraq right now being persecuted because of all the upheaval. Church, we've got to prevail in prayer for our brothers and sisters in Iraq and Iran that are being persecuted. We have to prevail in prayer for them. We get so focused on our lives, we've got to get focused on God. Amen? So I want to challenge you because this is what the Lord spoke to me. I was going to get back to the... Um, Sermon on the Mount series, I was going to start that again this Sunday, but I just felt impressed by the Lord that I must talk about this. To prevail, listen to this, to prevail means to be successful in the face of difficulty, to completely dominate, to overcome and triumph. 
You see, a lot of times in the church world, we get dominated. We get overcome, don't we? And and the Lord wants to remind us that prayer is our weapon, that we can overcome. We can dominate. Say, we can dominate. We can overcome. So I want to challenge you. I know some of you are tired, you're weary, you're worn out. I sat on the couch most yesterday watching World Cup football. It was awesome. But because I'm a little hyper, I had to go out and ride my bike. Even though I've been fighting a cold and I'm on the tail end of that, I want to give you why we must prevail. So write this down. The first one is this. Why is prevailing prayer necessary? Why is it necessary? Number one is to oppose Satan in his battle for souls. The enemy of our souls, Satan, the Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we are to fight for those souls. Amen? We are to fight against him. And when you pray, listen, when you pray for a person that doesn't know Jesus to come to know Jesus, you're praying in God's will. Understand that? You should never say, God, if it's your will for my neighbor to be saved. God, if it's your will, it's always God's will for your neighbor, your family, your friend, all people of all this world to know Jesus. Amen? Now, the second thing is when you pray, there is an enemy of our souls trying to deceive that person. Or that person has already been deceived. They've already been lied to. They don't think they need Jesus. Or maybe they know they need Jesus, but they're caught up in a bondage or uh, some, the devil's got them in, under control. And so you and I must pray in the Spirit. Are you following me? You see, when you pray for an unsafe person, you're in direct opposition of Satan and his evil desires for their lives. And even that, a lot of times their mind, their flesh, is consumed with the world. In fact, I have the, the scripture here, uh, Ephesians 4. Do I have it? I think I have it. Ephesians 4, 17-19. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have, been, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. So, so not only are you fighting against the devil, but you're fighting against people who've given themselves over to their flesh. You see, we see the rise of perversion. We see the rise of evil. We see the rise of, of deception. And so we're fighting a spiritual battle. Ephesians 4, 20-24. Here's what Paul says. He says, you, however, did not come to know the Lord Christ Jesus that way. Surely you have heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be, God, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, here's another problem. Because we don't pray... And we're influenced by the internet. We're influenced by the TV, the radio. We are becoming more fleshly. We pray less. Come on, church. How many of you prayed more than an hour this week? How many of you prayed 30 minutes a day? Some of you did. How many of you sat in front of a TV 30 hours this week? How many of you were on Facebook or playing computer games or all that and you didn't pray? Come on, I'm guilty of that. And you see, the world is telling us to live like the world and we're doing it. And God says, don't live like that. You are spiritual people. We must prevail in prayer. Amen? I want to challenge you. So I want you to be like God. I want you to flow. And you see, the enemy of our souls, he knows that if we don't pray, he wins. If we don't persist, we don't prevail in prayer, he wins. If we get so caught up in our lives, so serious prayer is necessary 
to offset his diabolical schemes. And you and I have the ability. Amen? The second thing is we must overcome, again, the satanic seduction of Christians. Satan is trying to seduce you and I. He's, I mean, I see it today. I mean, it, it, it's alarming now that many believers, are instead of us going to the Bible for truth, we're going to all the other sources. I mean, again, Facebook. I love Facebook. I love, but I see lots of people posting stuff on Facebook, and they think it's scripture, but it's not even scriptural. And the other stuff is that we're being seduced by the perversion of the world. I mean, again, look at the TV shows we're seeing today. I mean, I'm, I mean, I remember growing up as a kid and, and, and like when there would be a scene of a, a, a man and a woman kissing. Sometimes our kids would go, ooh, you know, and my dad would like, let's turn this off. And now it's, it's, it's okay. It's like now it's not just man and woman. It's a man and a man, a woman and a woman. And it's like, and we're like, what's well, okay? But it's not okay. We're being seduced. Young people are being taught that, that the people are born gay. They're not born gay. They're born to choose right and wrong, and they choose to do wrong. I don't hate people. Please listen to me. But the church is being seduced. Come on, amen? You and I have to say, God, I need to know the truth. Satan is constantly trying to influence us. Let me go through a couple of biblical examples. David was provoked in First Chronicles 21.1. Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. David was a man of God's own heart. And the devil provoked him and so messed with his thought life. Peter, who, you know Peter, man, the guy could not, he's, he's remember, he's that guy that had no filter in his mouth. You know, like someone like that. And he was bold for Christ. And, that, and, and so, you know, Christ says, I have to go away and die. And Peter says, no, you don't. And Jesus said, Peter, the devil basically spoken to you. Remember, he said, he said uh, in Matthew 6, 16, 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Peter was deceived by this thought that someone had spoken to him. You see, sometimes even the most spiritual or those who love Jesus can have a temporary lapse into uncharacteristic weaknesses or we can believe what the world is telling us about stuff. It can be a lack of evidence, a lack of faith in a decision. It can be a critical or cynical word. It can be, it can be a sense of gossip. You see, even if Satan could penetrate the mind of Christ and tempt him for 40 days, you should not think that the devil's not trying to throw thoughts into your mind every day. Trying to turn your thinking. Trying to change who you are. Remember Romans says to be renewed in the thinking of Christ. The devil is trying to renew your thinking in him all the time, telling you it's okay, it's okay, everyone else is doing it, it's okay, it's not okay. It's destroying our nation, it's destroying our world. Come on, church, right? We must wake up to that. The third thing, letter C, is we must protect yourself and others from direct satanic attack. Now this is twofold. One is Job was directly attacked by the devil physically. I receive almost every week through, through emails and through facts about missionaries in other parts of the world that they're under physical attacks, sicknesses, uh, terrorists, uh, people trying to kill them, people trying to take them hostage constantly. Who is that? That's the devil because these missionaries are on the front lines. It happens in your life sometimes. The devil is trying to cause you to quit. He's trying to cause you to stop through sicknesses, through trial and error. You can't blame every sickness on the devil, but sometimes... If there's a constant attack, a constant stress on your life, say, why is this there? This must and could be of the devil. You must oppose it. Amen? Did you know in Revelation 12.10, it, it refers that Satan accuses you and I before the Lord day and night. That should get you mad. 
You see, the Bible says that in Hebrews that we have direct access to God. And God gladly welcomes you and I to go before the throne of grace to receive help in our time of need. And yet we don't do that. But Satan is there every day, night and day. He's more persistent than you and I are. Church, we need to wake up. God is gladly, he's saying, come to me, come to me, I want to meet your needs. And I, can you imagine the angels in heaven right now, when Satan comes, I mean, I'm sure they're like folding arms, they're glaring at him, eyeballing him, and some of them are probably, you're going to get it, buddy. And here we are, we're like, well, I don't have time today. And, and here the devil is, day and night, accusing you and me before the Lord. And we're like, I, I don't have prayer. And God's saying, please, my, my altar is always open to you. And we struggle. Come on, church. We need to get serious. I mean, Satan is serious and we must be more serious. Because the Bible says God hears our prayer. Ask, seek, and knock and you will receive. Come on. Church, we must be persistent in prayer. We must pray for the protection of your family, your friends, your church, pastors, other believers in other parts of the world. Amen? Pray for missionaries. Pray for servants of God. Number two. Over whom do you need to prevail in prayer? Well, number one, letter A, and number two, letter A, is you must prevail over yourself. Do you ever get tired? Anybody get tired here? Anybody get weary? Do you ever get loopy in your thinking? Do you ever get groggy? You see, you are a triangle being. I know I talk about this. We're, we are flesh, we are spirit, and then we are also our heart and emotion. And your flesh and your heart and emotion want to dominate your spirit all the time. You're constantly tired. You're constantly busy. You don't have time to pray. And so you and I must prevail over ourselves and say, you know what? I need to teach my spirit and my body and my mind that prayer is a part of my life. That I must do it. That it's just part of my life. And so praying can be exhaustive. There are times when I pray here and I pray loud and my voice is out. Or I come out of here sweating or worn out because I'm praying. Praying for you, praying for this church, praying for the community, praying for my family, praying for the kingdom of God. And you see, we, we need to get like that in our prayer. We need to control our flesh. You see, unfortunately, one, one missionary, Wesley Duell, says, he says, many Christians are so spiritually frail, sickly, and lacking in spiritual vitality, they cannot stick to prayer more than a few minutes at a time. Because we don't train our spirits to pray. So you've got to prevail over yourself. There's times when I don't feel like praying. You ever have that? Times I don't feel like reading the Word. There's times I don't feel like worshiping. I, say, I have to say, Lord, get my mind, my body, my spirit back in line. Flesh, submit. Mind, submit. Amen? We must prevail in prayer because, again, the devil is prevailing over the church in America today. I want to challenge you. I want you to have power in prayer. Take control. Amen? Your spirit is hungry to pray, but your flesh will take over. So we need to say, God, help us in our prayerlessness. Help us. Claim God's victories. There's tons of scriptures. Just say, claim them constantly. Claim them. Claim them. Amen? Say, claim them. You're really quiet. Well, Pastor, I came from Father's Day sermon and now I'm getting beat up. Okay. Be persistent. Prevail. The, the second part, letter B, is you must prevail over Satan. Again, you can't blame the devil for everything. There's not a demon over behind every rock and every bush, but however, the demonic is really active in our world today. And you and I have faith and power in Christ Jesus. Amen? And the devil, listen to this, the devil and his demons do not want you and I to pray. Because prayer changes things. 
Prayer can change a world. Prayer can change a nation. And if the devil can keep us tired, weary, busy, burned out, we are not going to pray. Come on, amen? So we must prevail in prayer. We must say, Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my church. Get out of my nation. Get out of the nations of the world. Get out of my family. Get out of whatever situation you're, you're doing. Whenever you hear of gun violence in a school, workplace, university, you need to pray against that. The moment that it happens. I mean, I began to hear about the, these terrorist attacks in, in, in Iraq. And I began to, I mean, first I was angry and I said, Lord, stop this. Stop this. Watch over the believers. Watch over the, the people of Iraq. Let the peace of God be, be brought there. That's the kind of prayer you should pray, amen? Spiritual victories often come through spiritual warfare. I know it's a lot of weirdness for some of you, but we need to fight in the spirit realm, amen? You doing good? Well, it's not my gifting, Pastor. It says in Ephesians 6.18, pray on every occasion, praying for all saints. You see, if we're unwilling to fight, then we should not expect great victories. If we're not willing to pray, then then we should expect what's happening now. That the church is shrinking. But if we're going to pray, if we're going to fight, you see, we are, again, we're that microwave generation. We are a generation, we want the crown, but we don't want to put the effort in. We want the victory, but we don't want to fight. Again, Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, it says, Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the rulers. It's not against the, the authorities. It's not against the power. It is, I'm sorry, it is against the rulers, against the authorities. I was about to say it's not against flesh. And it is against the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, we're not fighting against people. We're fighting against spiritual forces. And God has given you power and authority. Amen? Remember Jesus said, all authority in heaven is given to me. And I'm giving it to you. It says we're seated with him. First John 4.4 4, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You've got to believe that. First John 5.19 We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under control of the evil one. Daniel, you need to read about him. Daniel prayed for 21 days. And it says, you need to read this in, in Daniel uh, chapter 10. It talks about him praying, 9 and 10. He prayed for 21 days. And, and finally, an angel of the Lord came and said, Your prayer was heard the first day that you offered the prayer. But the spirit of Persia kept me from coming away. And the Lord had to send an archangel to release the prayer. Can you imagine that if Daniel quit praying at 20 days, at 18 days, at 15 days? And you see, that is persistence in prayer. So sometimes we don't see a prayer answered for a year, two years, five years, five minutes. Be persistent in prayer, amen? Because there are spiritual forces fighting. We must persevere. We must believe. Letter C, you must prevail before God. You must prevail. You can't prevail over God, but you must prevail before God. You must go before God saying, God, I believe in your power. I believe in your call. I believe in your spirit. I believe in your, your thing. God, wait a minute, Pastor. The Bible says God gives good things to those who ask. God doesn't make us wait. Have you read the Bible? Yes, he does. He makes you wait sometimes. He makes you have to see if you're serious. Jesus told the Greek woman whose daughter was suffering from demonization. He said, I can't give bread to you because you're not one of us. And she said, even, even the dogs can eat crumbs. And he said, your faith has brought healing to your family. You see, sometimes God wants to see if we're serious. 
He wants to see Jesus prayed in the garden until sweat drops of blood came out. I hope that doesn't happen to you. But I want you to prevail in prayer. Amen? There's a, there's a, a saying we used to say in the Pentecostal church, praying through. You learn to pray through. And I, we rarely use it. I rarely even mention it. Maybe once a year I mention that, that. Some of us, we give up instead of praying through. You've got to pray through. You've got to pray through. Amen? You doing good? How can you prevail in prayer? How can you prevail in prayer? So I'm giving you the how. I've gotten on your nerves. I hopefully bugged you now. I've made you feel like you're not praying enough. I'm not praying enough. Hopefully now the Lord of Spirit has gotten under your skin a little bit. I mean, really, you should anger you to think that the devil accuses you before God day and night and we don't pray and we're not as serious as him. That should annoy you. That should get you irritated. Say, Satan, if you're going to be before the throne, I'm going to be before the throne, but for good reasons, because God hears my prayers. Amen? So here it is. Here's how you can prevail in prayer. Are you ready? You've got to put this into practice, okay? You must be willing to take time. Come on, amen? That's good preaching, amen? You must be willing to take time to pray. You only learn to pray by praying. Wow! You can go to every conference in the world. You can listen to a million sermons on prayer. You can read every book on prayer. But unless you spend time in prayer, you will never learn how to pray. I mean, think about the musician who, who trains their voice or they practice their instrument with rehearsal. I remember I had to take out for a while. I was a music uh, uh, minor in college. And I remember um, my piano, I had to take piano and had to do voice and I had to do guitar. And we had to take music theory. And it was good stuff. I don't remember all of it. I still remember enough that I can play and sing just a little bit. But I remember the piano teacher saying, if you want to know a song, you don't just, get, you don't just practice it until you make mistakes. He said, you just keep practicing until you, till you just can play it without even thinking. And so we expect musicians, we think about athletes. Like, again, I mean, it's phenomenal watching these World Cup athletes. Man, these guys are in phenomenal shape. I would die after a minute of running around on that field. But they run and they train and they do that. But yet, in the spiritual realm, Christians, we can't do that. And we say, well, I, I can't pray much. I don't know how to pray. You learn to pray by praying. The more you pray, the, the easier it gets. The more you pray, the more exciting it gets. The more you pray, the more answers you see happening. Come on, amen? So I'm challenging you. There's only one way to learn to pray, and it's pray. 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 The more you pray, the more victories you'll come. Then, let it be, by the very nature of things, prayer victories often take time. Again, we said, I, I said a prayer last week, and God didn't answer it. Remember, God was, he says, you're not serious about that. Ask, seek, and knock, and, and the answer will be given to you. You see, prayers sometimes have to dislodge long entrenched enemies, your flesh, demonic forces, worldly forces that are controlling things. So you and I must continue to pray. And when you're praying for a family member, a friend, you've got to pray often because God does not, listen, God does not go against people's self-will. Every person has a free will. Say every person has a free will. God does not force people to serve him or to know him. He wants them to know them out of their own heart. However, you can pray that God would open their eyes, that God would soften their heart, the Holy Spirit would speak to them, that truth would be known to them, because once they're enlightened to the truth, they're going to want to accept Christ. And so, I've told you the story. I prayed on my knees or nightly for my dad to come to know Jesus from, uh, from the time I got saved in 1978 until he accepted Christ in, in uh, 1990-something. So I was on my knees about 13 years praying every day. God help me. I mean, I would put tracts on the table. I told you about that. I'd put the Bible out and he would just throw them down and all that. And, and of course, God had to 
God allowed an accident that woke him up. He had his, his, his lung was punctured in two places, broke three or four ribs, and God spoke to him in that car accident, everything's going to be okay. From that moment, he gave his life to Jesus, and he was a changed man. But that came through prayers of, of my mom and I and other Christians. It took 13 years. Can you imagine if I gave up after five years, after 10 years, after 11 years, after 12 years? You must pray and you will see things happen. You will see just victories sometimes take time. Let her see prayer force can be built up to an irresistible force. You cannot store up grace. Grace is always given, but you can store up prayer power. The more people pray, it's like a tidal wave. You ever been on the beach? How many know what the beach is? You ever seen water? You ever seen the ocean? Okay, and so sometimes waves just get slow, but sometimes waves build up. You ever, you ever been out in the water? And the wave just overwhelms. You ever been overwhelmed by the wave? Scary, isn't it? And you're like stuck under the current, trying to get out. Isn't that fun? Almost to the last breath. But you see, sometimes prayer is like that. It, it builds, it builds, and you keep praying, and it becomes like a mighty wave. And when more of us join together in prayer, it's like a symphony, and all of a sudden we can overwhelm, and we can break through strongholds. And so I want to challenge you, pray not just by yourself, but pray with other people because it can break through things that the enemy is holding. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Amen? Amen. It's more than an activity, it's an attitude of life. I will pray today. I must pray. Number two, you doing good? Number two is you must pray in the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18, it says pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Jude 20 says, build yourself up in, in, in your holy faith and in the Holy Spirit's prayer. You see, the Spirit helps us. He enables us. Ro- uh, Romans um, talks about that. Romans 8, 26, 27 says, the Spirit enables us and helps us to know what to pray. You must be open. L- listen to this. E.M. Bounds. He was a, 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 he was a physician during the Civil War. He wrote some phenomenal books on prayer. You should read him. E.M. Bounds wrote some phenomenal books on prayer. He says, the secret of feeble praying Everywhere is a lack of God's Spirit in His mightiness. In other words, we pray in our flesh, we're not praying in the Spirit. And so we must pray in the Spirit. We must ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Because feeble, weak prayer is caused by shallow experiences with the Holy Spirit. We talked about a Holy Spirit series for a few weeks. Don't fear the Holy Spirit. He wants to help you. Remember the Bible says He's our comforter. He's our counselor. He's our guide. He empowers us. So don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of Him helping you when you're tired and you're weak and when you don't know what to pray. There are times I don't know what to pray. Say, God, help me. I know that I'm supposed to pray for this, but I don't know what to pray. And I'll pray in the Spirit. I pray in tongues. I'll pray in English. I'll pray as the Lord brings things to my mind. The second part of this, you must pray in the Spirit, is, of course, you've got to pray in the Spirit, but then let it be, is the Spirit is the great enabler of prayer. Again, He will enable you. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Listen. Listen to Him. He will tell you how and who and what to pray for. Listen. It's interesting because I was, I, w- I was driving into the office. I, I don't remember. It was Thursday or Friday. And I was driving by a high school. And I was just noticing that almost every teenager coming out of the high school had earphones in their ears. And they had that little electronic device. And it's cool. There's times, you know, and I, you saw some of them you know, doing their thing, you know, dancing. You know, I thought, it's, you know, the end of school. I understand that. Some of them are talking on the phone. But I thought to myself, how often do we always have to have a sound? We always have the TV on, always the radio on, always the computer on, always the Internet. Always something in our ears. I thought, Lord, is that like a distraction sometimes to us? 
that if there's something always in our ears, always pumping our minds full of stuff, we don't have time to hear the voice of God. I want to challenge you. I dare you. I bet some of you can't even do this. Prove me wrong, please, this week. I dare you. Turn off your cell phone. Put down your iPod. Put down your electronic device. Turn off the TV. Turn off the internet and spend 20 minutes a day waiting on God. I dare you. And I challenge because God is wanting to speak to you. He will reveal things to you. He will empower you. He will speak truth into your life. It it might take a week of you just getting detox. God, get the garbage out of my mind. Here's my secret. Remember I told you this. I take my Bible and I take a notepad. And when I know that I've not been hearing from the the Lord, I take the notepad. I write down everything that comes to my mind. Call this person. Do that. Write all that junk down so it's out of your mind. And then say, God, let me hear from you now. He'll speak to you scriptures. He'll speak to you truths. He'll encourage you. He'll, he'll correct you. He'll challenge you. He'll, he'll give you things and people to contact. I'm telling you. He wants to speak to you. But you have to be quiet before Him. Amen? Allow Him to enable you. Allow the Spirit to speak to you. Even ask, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And He will speak to you. The third thing. Are you doing good? The third thing. You must pray with urgent persistence. Receive a spirit of urgency. I mean, when we, we go to work and when you go to the MVA, ever been urgent at the MVA or the DMV? They, they shut you down, don't they? You see, sometimes we shut ourselves down because we're not urgent for God. We're not persistent. I mean, Luke 18, 1 through 8, talks about the persistent widow. Remember, the, the account is the judge feared no one, but that, that widow was bugging him off. I can imagine he's there at Barnes, or he's, not, he's at Starbucks getting his bagel and getting his coffee, and, you know, in his chair. And here's the widow. Hey, hey, judge, don't forget my son. Don't forget. God, lady, get away from me. He's out there playing soccer with his friends, getting world for, ready for the World Cup. And then the lady's on the sidelines. Judge, don't forget my son, my son. He's, not, he's laying down for bed. She, he, she's knocking on the door. Don't forget my son. She was persistent to the point that he's like, she's going to wear me out. Okay, here's justice for your son. I want to challenge you and I that we must have the sense of urgency. Oh man, how many times do you have to again see the news, see what's happening, and there's no sense of urgency in the church. The church in America, we're losing whole generations of young people to the world system, and there's no sense of urgency in our parts. There's an attack on marriage. There, young, innocent lives are being murdered through abortion every day. I mean, there's no sense of urgency. There's open spots in our pews. There's no sense of urgency. Let's be persistent. Amen? Let's persist about the godly things. Look at the state of our lives. Look at the state of our churches. Look at the state of the nation. Look at the state of the world. We must be urgent. Amen? Come on, I want to challenge you. I know this is a hard sermon today. Let it be. Urgent, persistent prayer. Sometimes it involves your whole being, your whole soul. Literally. You've got to get over this, now I lay me down to pray prayers. You've got to get up on your feet sometimes. You've got to have prevailing prayer. I mean, there's times you, you can, if people know me, there's times I'm laying on my face for the Lord quiet. Then there's times I'm crying for the Lord. Then there's a lot of times I'm just walking around. I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm shouting down the devil. I'm proclaiming God's promises over your life. You have to learn to pray like that. Because that's breakthrough prayer. It's persistent. You again have to put your flesh in control. And you have to say to the demonic forces and say, I'm serious about this. I am serious. 
I am not going to let you get away with destroying my family, stealing my family from me, destroying my marriage, destroying my kids, destroying my nation, destroying the nations of the world. You, it will take sometimes your whole heart. Ian Bounds, the prayer pastor, said this, heaven is too busy to listen to half-hearted prayers. Fiery intercessors touch God's heart. Persistent, prevailing prayer warriors touch God's heart. A burning heart is your best thing. Now, I, I can't stir you to pray. May, hopefully the Holy Spirit... Uh, you, I can't force you to pray. I can't work you up. But you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work you up. You've got to allow God to work you up. You've got to allow God to, to put your heart on fire. Amen? Amen? Here's that thing. Ephesians, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, again, the throne of God is open to you and I. God is saying, you can come before me 24-7 with your needs. I mean, I mean get, get ticked off that the devil is there day and night accusing us. And say, man, God is saying I can go to the throne. I should be at the throne more often. Take some time to come to the throne. You can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you're running. You can do it while you're at home, while you're at work, or during a lunch break or something. When you're getting ready in the morning, you can go to the throne of God. Let her see urgent prayer increases in intensity until the answer comes. You see, I think about Elijah praying for rain. 1 Kings 18, 41-46. I don't think I have it, but the notes are right there. You want to read that. Remember it says Elijah prayed and he kept sending his servant back. He said, go and look. Go and look. And he prayed. How many times? Seven times he prayed. And finally his servant said, Elijah, there is a cloud the size of a fist. And if you've got to remember this, let me bring the story up to you, is that there wasn't rain for a long time. And Elijah prays for rain to come and rain comes pouring out. Persistent. It has to increase. Again, Daniel knew the promises of God to the Jewish people and he, he, inter, he interceded for his people. Persistent prayer builds up. The last thing, letter D, sometimes urgent prayer is agonizing. Urgent prayer is hard work and sometimes more than that. Prayer is realism. Mountains need to be removed. Demons need to be routed. Christians need to be revived. Souls need to be saved. Churches need to awaken. And so sometimes you've got to pray until you see it happen. Amen? The Greater 50 Challenge. 50 new people need to come to know the Lord this year because that's God's will. Pastor Stan didn't make it up. God wants 50 new people that you and I know to know Jesus Christ. And you've got to persist. God, save my family, my friend, my coworker, my neighbor. Save my, my kids' soccer mates and their parents or, or lacrosse or whoever they are. God, save them. Persist for them. Amen? Wesley Duell says this, the superficial Christian resents prayer that is work, wrestling, and warfare. You see, there are times when I, don't, I resist. I don't want to pray. I'm tired. I, I just, I resist it. And I say, God, I don't want to be superficial. I want to be real. I don't want to be fake and hyper, but I want to know that when your spirit speaks to me, I pray. Colossians 4.12, Epaphras is one of you and a servant of Christ. Jesus sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in all the will of God. Mature and fully assured. I hope you and I have people that are like Epaphras praying for us. I hope and pray that we are like Epaphras 
praying for other people. Amen. I have people that pray for me. I pray for you. And I feel people's prayers sometimes. So I pray that you and I become prayer warriors this morning. Amen? Is our prayer marked like Epaphras? Are we serious for our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers? Are we praying for our church? Are we interceding for our nation? Are we interceding for the nations of the world? Would you stand with me this morning? You see, because I can't force you to come down here. I can't force you to pray. But I, if you have a need, at the, at when I say amen and I say God bless you and you want me to pray with you and if you, Barb Lipke would be down here you want to say I want to receive the Holy Spirit, I want to be baptized or you want a prayer need, we're going to be here praying for you. But here's my challenge for you. Begin to take control of your flesh and your spirit and your body this week and say God, I want to be a prayer warrior because God answers prayer. Amen? I want you to wake up spiritually. I want this message. I know I, part of it was I purposely kind of try to get on your nerves through the Holy Spirit, hopefully, to challenge you. If anything, I mean, you should be mad that the devil is accusing you before God day and night. And Hebrews 4 says that you can boldly go before the throne of God. That should get you mad. That God is wanting you to come, but the devil's there instead. Look at Stan. Look at him. Look at Christian. Look at Dan. Look at Sosa. Look at them. They're bad people. And the devil's always accusing God, saying, I wish they would come. I can prove otherwise. Come. Prayer is your greatest weapon. Prayer is your greatest privilege this morning. Father, would you open our eyes? Holy Spirit, would you help us to be prevailing in prayer? Let us stop being weak in our prayer lives, God. Yes, we worship great. Yes, we're very active and busy. But Father, we've got to learn how to be prayer warriors. Setting captives free through prayer. Bringing strongholds down through prayer. Seeing miracles. Seeing works of God done in lives and families. Lord, and fighting the spirit of violence that is just ravaging this nation. Father, would the church awaken and deliver us from the deception of the world. Every day they're feeding lies to us. Every day it's speaking to us and we're, we're believing the lies, God. Would you bring truth into us? Father, I felt led of the Lord and the Spirit to preach this word today that we must prevail in prayer. We must prevail over our flesh. We must prevail over our tiredness. We must prevail over our busyness. We must be people of prayer who see breakthroughs in prayer. So God, I'm calling this church. You're calling this church. You're calling me to be people of prayer, God. Your house shall be called the house of prayer. And Lord, you're waiting. It says in, in Hebrews 4, 12, that you're waiting for us to come before the throne of grace. That we have free access to come to the throne of grace because of Jesus. And so, Father, never let us take, take advantage or take it for granted or neglect that possibility. And yes, God, make us mad that the enemy of our souls is accusing us day and night before your throne when we have the privilege to come before you. Help us to turn off the TV. Help us to turn off the computer. Help us to put down the cell phone. Help us to put aside the distractions. To begin to just to pray 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, to 45 minutes, to an hour a day that we just pray and we don't even know it's two hours have passed, God. Because we're so into prayer and we're beginning to see miracles. We're beginning to see your hand be manifest in our lives, in our nation, in the nations of the world, God. Would you move on this church to become a church of prayer, God? Prayer changes things. Prayer will change politics. Prayer will bring peace. Prayer will bring answers. Prayer will bring finances. Prayer to you, God, will bring strongholds down. Will break bondages. Will break addictions, God. Will heal marriages. Will save kids and moms and dads and brothers and aunts and uncles and friends that we know that have walked away from you. 
Prayer will make the difference, God. Holy Spirit, I can't do anything else now unless you move on us. And so I give you permission to have your way in us. Move us to prayer, God. Move us to being people of prayer, God. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. So come on, Spirit. Come on, Spirit. Pour out your lives on us. Break through our flesh. Break through our resistance. Break through our tiredness. Break through our shallow faith to a bolder faith, God, of prayer. Come on, church. Begin to pray as the Lord leads you right now. Intercede for that thing that you need right now. For your family, for your individual life. If it's a healing, if it's a miracle, if it's finances, if it's a job, if it's a restored relationship, if it's a family member. Who